Hey guys, this is Sophia Fields, and you're listening to my podcast, The Elixir, art during unprecedented times. Okay, Um, so today I'm speaking with Anna Cruz, who is an artist from Columbus, Ohio. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Anna. Yeah, of course, Sophia, thank you. And we can just dive right into it. So my first question is just, uh, when did you start making art? How did your relationship with art start? Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I took my first art class in high school, actually. Um, And I kind of took it just because, you know, I was young and uh, had already loaded up on science classes, I guess. I don't know. And I ended up falling in love with it. So it was kind of like a serendipitous thing where... I didn't really grow up with art in my family as a child. Um, so it's kind of introduced to it later in life, but I guess like once I started, I just didn't really stop. Um, and then I continued with it in grad school or in undergrad and then on to grad school. And so it's, it's been this like ever evolving thing, but something I've never wanted to let go of. So when you first started making, did you, like immediately fall in love with it and know that that's what you wanted to do as your career or did it kind of fall into that? Yeah, so I think when I first started, I I immediately fell in love with the material. It felt like, I don't know, like something was being awoken in a way um, to work with something that was like so responsive and malleable. Um, and I think, you know, it did bring me back to this place of, being a child like in the dirt and growing up in the early 90s and spending my days outside but I didn't know that I wanted to make a career out of it until I tried to do something else um when I first got to undergrad I changed my major about three times um yeah so it, it took me a minute to like figure out that it's how I wanted to spend the rest of my life and was it always clay for you or did you experiment with other like mediums? It's always been clay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up like coloring, but I don't know if that really counts. Um, it's always been clay. Yeah. And so for those who don't uh, know what your look or your work looks like, how, what would someone see when they walked into one of your shows or what would someone see when they're seeing the work that you've made? Um. I think most of my work falls in the similar vein of large scale, mostly abstract ceramic sculpture that has a bodily presence and a interactive quality. Um, I'm really interested in the physicality of the material and the way that it can take up space like a body. And so um, a lot of my work, not it's, not, it's confrontational, not in an aggressive way, but in a, in a meeting you kind of halfway way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was looking through um, your website and the shows that you've done, and I really like how a lot of your work is like interactive and kind of has this like functionality to it. Is that kind of a purposeful thing that you're exploring? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of the work is drawn on relationships I've had with people or I have with my surroundings. And so I'm really interested in the way that the work 
does serve a function and becomes active and engaged when a body is interrupting the space around it. And I think that um, one of the ways that's done best is when it's activated through like two people. Um, and I'm often looking at like playground equipment or um, communal spaces to see how they're shared with, with people to inform the work. Yeah, that's so cool. Cause I always think like, when I go into an art show with my mom or something, there's this like barrier between like the watcher and then the art itself. And I feel like breaking that barrier, it's like really interesting, a really interesting concept. Yeah, I, it's fun. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I, I hear you mentioned childhood a lot. How does that play a big role in the art that you're making now? It's like looking back on who you were as a child and kind of trying to like re-enter into that headspace or yeah, I think that it's this idea of drawing on play, and I think that children know play best, and I think that a lot of the creative practice to be effective needs to not have, someone said this to me, that true play doesn't have a defined starting point, mm -hmm. and I love that. I think that you know, we often go into the studio and we're like, okay, I need to get this and this and this done. And it, it makes everything so rigid. And so to draw upon these moments of like daydreaming and reverie and play. And I think that childhood does that best. Um, and so it's not like the work is about my specific childhood, but thinking about the ways that childhood help inform creativity and our notions of creativity and play. Yeah. I really like that because I'm taking an art class right now and like I've always loved to make art but I think the structure of like having these like assignments and prompts kind of at least for me like interferes with my process like yeah. I just like to like put like my headphones on and just like get into the zone but I think it's harder when it's like oh I have to make like three concentration pieces and like like it's harder to get into that headspace. Yeah definitely I think those prompts are, they serve a function of, of like training and understanding basics. But once you, once you know the rules, like just start breaking them immediately. That's, yeah. yeah. So going off of that, what is your process when you're looking to like make a new piece of art? Like what's the first thing that you would do? Um, I usually begin with reading, uh, reading and writing and starting to think about like, what is the, the umbrella that's going to help and kind of encapsulate and inform all of the pieces. Um, and then I don't really sketch. I immediately start building. And then usually that results in me destroying a bunch of work. Um, but I, and then I'll, and then I'll sketch and then I'll make things again. And so as soon as I kind of have like the ball rolling conceptually, the building process is very like very cyclical and very destructive until I figure out exactly what it is I'm doing. And then it's, um, it usually happens in like spurts. Like I'm not always working on four or five sculptures at a time. It's like, sometimes I'm not working on anything at all because I'm in a different stage of understanding what the work needs to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Okay. Did, so one of the focuses of this podcast is the pandemic and how that might have impacted artists. Um, did that affect your process at all? Did it make it harder to make work? 
Yeah, it's uh, a great question. Um, it did impact my process. So um, it made it harder to do work, but it let me pause from a traditional studio practice and reflect on the work in ways that I wouldn't have if I hadn't been thrown into that situation. So in some ways, I'm really grateful for that time. Um, I started making very like temporal pieces, um, building stuff in my backyard that I knew wasn't going to survive the next rainstorm or making, um, I made like a lot of videos. I never ended up showing them to anybody, but it was just like a way to sort of start thinking through ideas. Um, a lot of work that never had a life past that summer, but it, in a way it was like, I don't know, it was, I, I, I look back on it and think it was like a really um, formative time. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be invited to Township 10 right after a few months after my school shut down. And, and again, like that timing, it was, um, I hadn't been in a studio for months and then to be thrown into this like amazing landscape with amazing humans, it, it informed and really helped me for my final year of grad school. So I feel like this is a long winded answer, my bad. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that COVID and being removed from a traditional studio setting forced me to look at my work in a different way. Um, I did more writing. I did, I turned to processes that like I maybe wouldn't have turned to so heavily if it weren't for that. So it was I really, good. I really like that answer. Um, so for, do you think that maybe this element of like having knowing that some people might not see your work, do you think that changed like what you were making? Like having these things that were just kind of for you and like your like journey? Yeah, I made pieces that I think were a little quieter in a way, um, very much time dependent because I had the time. Pieces that I would document eroding, pieces that, um, like I'd film myself building myself into something and then sitting there and tearing it down. And so I was really interested, I guess, in this like process of time and material and time. Um, and yeah, I, I did write a fair amount and I never showed the writing to anybody else, but sometimes I'll read them now and be like, oh, this would be a great piece, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it was like a very honest time because no one was in a studio watching me that makes sense yeah I think ceramics is interesting because I'll see my mom spend like hours on a piece or a few pieces and then she'll put it in the kiln and it'll like just explode and she won't have it so there's always that element of like impermanence to whatever you're making oh yeah and brutality I mean it is I love this material so much but it breaks my heart you know <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the worst love affair <laughs> and so you have your MFA in ceramics yes yep I what? just graduated in May okay where'd you go to school um I did my degree at SUNY New Paltz with uh Brian Sebes and Anat Shifton um it was an amazing program and they're amazing instructors and I think about it every day <laughs> 
what is that process like to get your MFA? Like, is it really intense or do you have a lot of time to like figure everything out? Um, I would say it's a good mixture, at least the way that my program's designed. Um, you are thrown into classes, but you also have days, like we had a whole day designated to just a studio practice and your advisor would come around and speak to you. Um, I will say getting to grad school personally was really difficult. Um, I went through two years of applications before I ended up at a program I was before I got accepted anywhere. And then, you know, also accepted into a program I was really excited about. Um, so yeah, it's really difficult. It was like, you know, some of the longest and most intense days of, of my life as of right now, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Did you have to write a thesis paper at the end? Cause I know my mom had to write like a 30 page paper. Yeah, yeah. And so during the whole time you're like, working on your annotated bibliography, you're pooling sources, you're defending like at each midterm and each final, you defend what you're doing, why you're doing it, who's informing you. Um, and so at the end, yeah, that, that does culminate into a paper. And then my program, you have to also make a bound book. So I actually walked away with like this, which I'm actually really thankful that we had to do that because it's nice to have a physical copy of everything. Like all my recipes are in there. Um, images from the show uh, and yeah, a lot of references. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun too, to like keep track of all that through your entire MFA and understand mm -hmm. like the way that your process and what you're looking at has evolved. Cause I feel like at least personally, my, my work shifted a ton in grad school, um, which is really exciting. And I think speaks volumes to that program that they allow you to be moldable and to like explore all these different routes how what was that shift like um I my work started getting bigger and more complex mm -hmm. um I think that it, I was fortunate that we had huge kilns so I was able to make huge work and I I, I love big ceramic sculpture I'm a sucker for it um so yeah the workout got bigger, heavier, more complex. Um, and I think that's because I started looking at different references and also gained enough building experience um, and enough technical help to be able to push the work that way. It's really interesting um, to hear you use the word defend um, to describe like what art school is like, because I'm considering maybe going into art school myself and like- yeah. One of the things that's kind of like daunting for me is just the idea that I might have to explain like why I make certain decisions like in my own art and like and having to defend my like my decisions and I don't know like was that hard for you to explain or are you very intentional with your decisions? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it is very daunting. Uh, I will say that making and knowing I think are two different processes um, and you don't have to have all the answers all the time you know like you can make something and have the meaning or concept behind it evolve as you make it or even after you make it and that's okay um, so it is daunting and you know there are times you get a little tongue-tied and you're like oh wait well I don't know why I did this actually 
but the answer will come to you eventually. Um, and so I kind of, I think it was actually an instructor at uh, Oregon College of Art and Craft who told me to always make time to sit with the work and let the work kind of tell you what it's about. Um, and so I think building that into the practice is really important. And it lets you understand that the work will evolve and that's okay. So it, I would say I am intentional, but I'm not rigid. And if the work changes, then it changes. Okay. Um, yeah. that, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um, and my last question is just when people come into your shows and walk around, what do you hope they take away from it? Um, I hope they take away a sense of play and wonder and curiosity. Um, I think from my MFA show, at least, some of the, the best moments were looking around and seeing people like getting really close to the work. Like you could tell they wanted to touch it, but they knew they weren't allowed, which is kind of, you know, I hope someday I have a show where people can just like walk up and touch everything. I think that would be great. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's what I love. And that's what I hope people walk away with is like being like excited or wanting to interact with the work and then taking that into everyday life, wanting to interact with their surroundings, to be intrigued through an object with another person. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be a magnificent thing. It can be a mundane thing that just like attracts you and makes you excited. Um, and I, you know, it doesn't, yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't need my work to like do anything necessarily like profound. It's just like, there's some people to enjoy it and want to interact with it and then to take those feelings to the rest of their day or their week, you know? I love um, that. Thanks. Um, Do you, I have a question for you, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of art are you interested in? Are you working in all mediums right now or, or what are you thinking about for, for grad or for undergrad, if you don't mind me asking? Um, right now, my art is mostly like collage. It's kind of like a mix of collage and um, like drawings and painting kind of like plastered on each other. Um, cool. Yeah, right now we're working on concentration pieces for a portfolio. Um, okay. And it's hard because I've never had to like make multiple uh, pieces of art about the same thing and have like a fluid because you know for college you're trying to create this like narrative of like who you are to like show yeah. them um but yeah I'm looking into maybe RISD um nice. but I'm not even sure if I want to go to art school like I'm I don't know what I want to do so it's been hard trying to figure everything out but yeah I I will say I went to a very small liberal arts school for undergrad and it was nice to be able to take classes like I took philosophy and literature and anthropology. Um, and anyway, I think, you know, having an open mind, maybe applying to like art schools specifically and some liberal arts schools where you can kind of like dip your toe in everything yeah. would be would be good. But that's really exciting. Yeah, I know. I hope I I wish I could just fast forward like three months where I just like know where I'm going <laughs> like <laughs> I totally understand that um yeah well you'll have to keep me posted I'm very curious to see where you end up okay all right thank you so much for talking yeah. with me
Of course. Um, thank you for asking. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Elixir, Art During Unprecedented Times. Make sure to turn into the next episode. Thank you.